You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Hmm. And as Paul Harvey would always say, and now the rest of the story, how many of you remember Paul Harvey? In 19... 65, 57 years ago, that was broadcast. Pretty incredible, isn't it? 
how accurately he forecasted the spiritual condition of the United States. And some of you may remember, but many of the statements that he said were considered ridiculously outlandish at that time in history. Yet we find ourselves today in that exact situation. Amen? So let's not be naive. The devil, according to the Bible, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But most of the time, he is a crafty and a silent lion who uses his craftiness to sneak up on us when we least expect it. He has convinced many that he doesn't even exist. And having done that, why would we expect him to change his tactics as they have all worked so well? In other words, if I were the devil, I just keep right on doing what he's doing. You agree with that? 1 Peter 5.8, it says this. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What is God's great purpose? Have you ever thought about it? It is to be glorified by saving people from their sin. And for this purpose, he gave his only begotten son to die on Calvary's cross. Now, the great work of the devil is to glorify himself and in trying to keep people from being saved. And in doing that, he is filling up hell with worshipers, whether they like it or not, whether they are willing or not, whether they know it or not. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And in case that is not clear, let me spell it out for you. Look at this. Anyone who finds themselves in hell chooses to go there. Do you believe that? So again, the devil wants us to be so preoccupied so that we don't have to bother ourselves thinking about such things. My advice to you is to think again, for the ramifications are eternal. If I were the devil, and I wanted to prevent the salvation of people, what would I do? I would just do what he's continued to do. He's not a fool. He's a creature of great cunning devices. And intelligence. I mean, he knows how to work on people. He has been busy for centuries and will be busy until the end. I heard a story about the devil went to church one day and seeing his red skin, his big horns, and his cloven feet, all the people ran through the building in terror. All except for one man near the front. He didn't even budge. The devil was kind of intrigued by the man's apparent disinterest and his hideous appearance. So he strutted down the aisle to where the old man sat. In a loud voice, the devil said, Puny human, do you know who I am? 
Without glancing up, man said, I guess you're the devil. He said, I am Lucifer, master of the seven circle of hell. Do you not fear me? Nope. Don't you know that I could force you to endure torment and agony? That would go on for years? The man said, I suppose you could. And this prospect doesn't frighten you? Not really. No. The devil was so surprised that for a moment he forgot to act scary. I must admit, the devil said, I'm confused. No one has ever been so calm in the face of such power before. I must know what your secret is. Finally looking up at the man. He looks the devil in the eyes and he says, I've been married to your sister for 35 years. Now, all right, let's get on with it now. If I were the devil, I want to give you six things. They all start with D, okay? If I were the devil, I would deceive people. Is the devil deceiving anybody today, you believe? Hello? Come on. Amen. He does just that. Now, I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. You know why? Because even a lot of the books that I like to read, this is the only real book there is. Amen? A lot of scripture. Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. You ever heard that? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We're not talking about a piece of the armor. We're talking about the whole armor. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. Against the cosmic powers over the present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, Satan is full of all kinds of tricks. But his greatest trick is this. To make people think that he does not exist. And the Bible describes him like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In the 1970s, Keith Green wrote a song that so aptly describes the deceptive ways of the devil. And I'd just like to share a few lines of it. It's called, No One Believes in Me Anymore. Listen to this. Oh, my job keeps getting easier as time keeps slipping away. I can imitate the brightest light. And make the night look just like day. I put some truth in every lie. You know I'm drawing people just like flies. Because they like what they hear. I'm gaining power by the hour. They're falling by the score. You know it's getting very simple now. Because no one believes in me anymore. The devil is also described as a serpent. A deceiver. The evil one. The dragon. Again, has anyone in here ever been deceived? Amen? Arrogant deception is one of Satan's calling cards. In the book of Ezekiel, and I want to read quite a bit here in a moment, the prophet writes of an earthly king 
But the earthly, this earthly king has a spiritual counterpart, namely the devil himself. And here's how Ezekiel describes the prince of darkness in chapter 28. Son of man, raise the lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, the garden of Eden. Every precious stone was your covering, sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were, only, you were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profane your sanctuaries. So I brought fire out from your midst. It consumed you, and I turned you to the ashes on the earth. In the sight of all who saw you, and who know you among the peoples are appalled at you, you have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. You understand that Satan's only motive is evil. And we should not let him fool us regarding himself. So first, if I were the devil, I would deceive people. Secondly, if I were the devil, I would make sin desirous. I think yours has got an A there in your outline. But I would make sin desirous. 2 Corinthians 4.4 in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You see, for centuries, if you think about it, Satan has been setting all kinds of traps. He fills it with the choicest bait, and he catches people from all walks of life. I mean, look at the places of sin today. They are the most attractive places in town. They reach out their luring hands and pull in their victims. Thus, this is the work of Satan. Now, there's a lesson here for the church. I mean, I always believe that we're imaging the church. We should always make our buildings as attractive as we can and comfortable as possible. But if I were the devil, I would make sin attractive and desirous. God is calling us to, as Ephesians 5, 14 says, wake up, O sleeper. We are at our most vulnerable when we sleepwalk through life. And that's what many, or maybe you are doing today. God has called you and I to be vigilant. To keep our eyes fixed on him. Not because he wants to control us. Because what? He loves us. He loves us. And he knows how utterly dangerous the devil is. Let me tell you. 
If Satan tempted Jesus, he will have no problem trying to foul you up. Stay vigilant and don't sleepwalk into the things that simply look desirous. If I were the devil, number three, I would dilute God's word. God's word is powerful. Do you believe that? The Bible said it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It sinks into the hearts of men and brings those men to Christ. No wonder the devil wants to keep the word out. Amen? Look at the parable of the sower found in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and a people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, <clears throat> a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil... They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. But because God's word is so readily available, both because of the increase of technology and because we live in that, at least till recently, as a Christian nation, we often take God's word for granted. When something or someone is also available, such as the Bible and prayer, it is easy to neglect, isn't it? And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants you and I to put off reading his word and praying to him. I mean, we need to understand that. We have God's word and we have God Almighty to pray to. But today is the day the Lord has made, and we need to make the most of each day, which means pouring over the Scriptures and praying earnestly to God as if our lives depend upon them because they do. Amen? And if we're reading God's Word often, we will not accept a diluted version because we will know the real thing. You understand that the re one reason I use so much scripture is because it's God's word. It's powerful. And you need to see that. There's a lot of things that I can say. There's a lot of things that I put in the manuscript. But this is the manuscript. And we need to understand that this morning. Accept no 
substitutes. Yes, if I were the devil, I would dilute God's word. Fourthly, if I were the devil, I would destroy the church. You think any churches are being destroyed today? Two of you, do you think any churches are being destroyed today? Revelations 3, 15 through 22. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Before I, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You heard that before? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You see, people get their feelings hurt. They get their ego shattered. I mean, think about it. But listen to me. I have been mistreated. But there is no plan B. The bride of Jesus, the church, is and has always been the only means of evangelizing the world. And the church is you and me. It is all of us who profess the name of Jesus and follow him as Lord and Savior. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of will not prevail against it. In 1897, a newspaper reported that Mark Twain was believed to have died. The problem was, <laughs> he had not. And Mark, Mark Twain wrote to the paper, The reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. And that'd be something to wake up and see your name. See, it's always a good day when you wake up and don't see your name in the obituaries. Amen? Well, today, and really for hundreds of years, people from different corners of the globe have been reporting the imminent death of God's church. But Jesus himself said, the gates of hell itself would not prevail against us. Now, that's not to say we may not smell a little smoky sometimes, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not be defeated. Not because of anything we do, but because of the power of him who we serve, Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. But don't you know that one thing that has taken down many local churches is quarreling and backbiting? And every quarrel that has ever been started within the church usually has at, a root, at the root a self-centered, ego-centered self-motive reason that has raised its ugly head to defile the authority of the Word 
of God. That's why we must have dedicated teachers in Bible study and in small groups who teach the true word of God through example. Now, if you don't see anything else on the screen today or hear anything else to say, I want you to see this. If your life is not a testimony of the word, your lips will not testify by the word. Talk is cheap. Lip service is cheap. Life service is far more convincing than lip service. Anyone can talk a good game. But if your life does not give evidence of the change that the Word has made in your life, then sooner or later, your life will be used by the devil to destroy the power of the church and God's Word. And that's what's happening today. Not just in America, but in this very community. It's everywhere. We need to understand it. The devil is roaring. He's, man, he's, he's just roaming everywhere. Trying to devour anybody that gets in his way. Fifthly, if I were the devil, I would defile the church members. Y'all remember, some of you can't remember what I said when you get out of here. But what I mean is, like, when I did this last series, Zero Options, the first message I talked about was in Daniel Wood. Daniel chapter 1. And I said, Daniel made a choice not to defile himself. He drew a line. He had boundaries. And he decided, I'm not crossing that line. I mentioned some of that to these kids the other night on summer on the South Lawn. You don't wait until you come up to try to get to make decide what to do. You need to already have your line drawn. I will not have premarital sex. I will not drink. I will not curse. I will not do this or that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? He made a commitment. I will not defile myself. That's what Daniel did. Defile means to make the pure unpure. More people talk about the hypocrites of the church. If you hide behind a hypocrite, you are smaller than he is. You see, the difference in the Christian life and the unbeliever is seen in the end. Not during the journey of life. In our health-centric culture, we are always hearing about the latest supplement, diet craze, energy drink, and exercise regime. And all of those things are good, although they do not have an eternal significance. Do you know what Jesus said does have an eternal significance? Not what goes into our bodies, but what comes out. In Matthew 15, 11, Jesus says, It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Take care of your body. This church, this local body, and your physical body are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care what you put in it. But absolutely take care of what comes out of your mouth and your heart. Those are the things that defile. And lastly, if I were the devil, I would make people doubt the gospel. 
If I were the devil, I would make people doubt the gospel. You know, the devil does not care if you are religious and go to church. If you will just leave out the one saving element, that is the atonement of Christ and his blood covering for your sin. The Bible and God are either real or they are not. If they are not, then we are all just playing games, right? But if the God of the Bible is real, and he is, then we must live and act accordingly. Do what the Bible says and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, life service over lip service. In other words, you put a little walkie-walkie in that talkie-talkie. You understand? That's what we have to do. Do what the Bible says and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I were the devil, these are the false gospels I would use to deceive people. The gospel of goodness. The gospel of positive thinking. The gospel of universal salvation. If I were the devil, I would get men to be disobedient. Because excuses lead to disobedience. Some excuses people use as to why they will not live a dedicated Christian life. Well, I don't have to go to church to worship. I hear that all the time. I don't have to be at the church every time the doors are open. There are just too many hypocrites at that church. Preacher always talks about money. And the biggest lie of them all is, I've still got plenty of time. Can anybody in here tell me when you're going to draw your last breath? I don't think so. Listen to this in Luke chapter 14. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when we, otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Judgment and eternity are without a doubt in your future. If the devil can get you to delay your decision or deny your need, then you will slowly drift into the lake of fire And die with your excuses in the sea of disobedience. In Luke 12, Jesus told a parable of a rich man who thought he had plenty of time left on his hands. 
And at the end of the parable, Jesus utters these frightful words. Fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. I said at the beginning of this message, and I'll say it again. If I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. He already has the world food. They don't even believe him. What a deal for the master of disguises to have achieved invisibility when that is the very thing he needs to succeed. But see, you and I are different. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. And as such, we need to act like the children of God that we are if we are a born-again Christian. In other words, do not be a sleepwalker. Even if you are a Christian and you know your salvation is secure, there is no way to walk out the Christian life. That's no way at all. You're missing so much and the devil is getting so many opportunities to foul up your life. He already is a powerful being as we've learned, but don't help him. Read God's word every day. Pray to God every day and praise him every day. Forsake not the assembling of the saints weekly, if not more. God has given us the power and the tools to overcome the evil one. He has ultimately defeated Satan on the cross. His demise is certain. But God has given us his word. He's given us his spirit and each other. Let us not, listen, let us not let any of those things fall into misuse and let us stay vigilant against the schemes of the devil. There's a scene early on in the first Jurassic Park movie. How many has ever seen Jurassic Park? When they are discussing the velociraptors, the park ranger says of their problem solving. You know what he says? They, uh, nev- they never attack the same place twice. They are testing the fences for their weakness. I can't think of a better description of how the devil tests each of us. He is also probing for weaknesses. And believe me when I tell you we are not strong enough on our own. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're really in trouble, especially if you don't believe and the devil himself. Jesus knows the devil is real, and he did battle with him. But you need the power and the expertise of the one and only dragon slayer, and his name is Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us, the way, the truth, and the life. You can't have any hope of defeating the devil without Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me today? You're here this morning and you're just human like all of us, just like myself. This devil is coming after you and me 24-7. And the only way, the only way to survive this life is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, you need to do that today. 
But most of us in here probably have a relationship, but maybe that relationship's been broken off. It's not what it should be. And man, you just feel the fiery darts of the devil. Today, maybe you just need to come and surrender everything in your life. As the Lord said, man, you got to give up everything to follow me. Following Jesus is costly. We need to understand that this morning. Father, today, as this simple invitation is given, Lord, it's simple, but God is powerful. That, God, we would understand that you are the dragon slayer. And, God, we need your help. This morning, Lord, would you help somebody to just be honest with you and maybe just to come and lay it all down today and surrender their heart and their life to you. Lord, whatever anybody needs today, Lord, help them to understand that they will find it in you and you alone. I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.